impact, income, and influence. It's the three things that are most important to entrepreneurs today, and that's what this podcast is all about. If you're a coach, consultant, author, blogger, YouTuber, creator, or entrepreneur who believes what they do can change the world, this podcast is dedicated to you. I'm Steve Warner, and welcome to Impact, Income, and Influence. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence. My name is Steve Warner. You are in the number one place for entrepreneurs on the internet podcasting. Today, I have someone who is truly awesome. He lives in the mountains of Montana. He got there by way of San Diego. He's going to share with you how building a huge brand, while that might put money in your bank account, is not always the most fulfilling. He's going to share with you how to stay alive longer. He's going to talk about his new book called Primal Hacking. I have Marshall Gillian with me. Marshall, how are you, man? Oh, man, I'm, I'm super blessed. I'm super excited to be here on the show. And I got to say, man, I was surfing your links and all your all the things that you have out there, you know, for the world to, to, to be of service to them. And I got to tell you, man, we've only been talking for about maybe four or five minutes now. And that intro was like, dude, you're a professional. If people haven't figured out how to do webinars or storytelling from you yet, they definitely should, because that was that was that was amazing. Thank you, man. I, I uh, I'm excellent. It's an uh, honor to be here today. No worries. I am really excited for this. So uh, we were talking before the show. Marshall lives in a cabin on the Canadian border of Montana, like northwest corner, kind of unplugged from society after living in a high rise in downtown San Diego, which most people would say is the dream. You spent four or five years building up a live, like highest paid speaker, getting people to speak on stages, which is part of what I do. I love it because I love connecting with people. Yeah. But We've all, I think all successful entrepreneurs reach that place where we're like, what the freak did I just build? And like, I'm getting burned out. And you figured out how to, you, you went and healed yourself. So I'm going to let you kind of take it from here. I want to hear like, what was the moment where you were like sitting in your high rise and you were like, this is not it. Yeah, man. That's such an interesting thing. It's, it's interesting because I'm sure you're familiar with the speaker, uh, Ed Milet. And I, it was just the, um, just the beginning of 2000 or the end of 2018. And I had, I had gone from literally a broke bartender to going outside, making a live video, talking about how I was going to become a high paid speaker and go from nothing to something. Yada, yada. I call him a shot. And then in two years, I built this multi six figure brand by accident. And so, uh, I'm sitting there in 2018 uh, you know, I come from a background, uh, I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, my, my real father, you know, beat the hell out of my mom, he left at two, he was an alcoholic, so I never saw him, I always felt whatever, whatever, you know, I, my stepdad tells me I'm a worthless piece of crap every single day, we're, we're, we're on the farm, and so I just grew up with this, this sudden worthiness, which most people can relate to, and so, you know, I spent my life trying to perform, trying to prove to people that I love them and, and I'm here for them. And just surely, you know, and I don't think this consciously, and you know, this, you know how it goes, man, you broke free from it. Obviously that's the whole story. The mess is the message, but it's like, I was taught where I come from one that you can't just grow up and be whatever you want to be. But then once I found out that that wasn't true, what I did is what most people do. And especially men is I overcompensated in my performance. And so I went and hit it hard in business. I'm like, if I make a bunch of money and I help a bunch of people, I'm going to be loved. And I'm not, again, I'm not thinking that consciously, but that's, what's driving me. And so 
you know, it's the end of 2018. I'm at an event uh, that I'm part of a mastermind that, I, you know, I'm investing 25 grand a year to be part of. It's, it's, it's opening my world. And uh, Ed Milet comes out on the stage and I had just won MVP at the mastermind the year before, like everything by all accounts on paper is like, wow, this guy's from regs to riches. And Ed Milet comes out on stage and he starts his speech. He's a prolific speaker. And he says, uh, in part of his speech, he says, I spent my whole life climbing this mountain. And he's like, dude, it was the hardest thing. And he goes on to talk about it. And he says, I got to the top of the mountain and I could finally see the world from a different perspective. I could see across the whole entire range, the whole valley. And he said, I looked across the valley and there I could see in plain day was the mountain I was supposed to climb. And he said, the painful journey is to climb down the wrong mountain. And it's the one that most people never take. And I was sitting there in that moment and I was like, oh my God, it was the first time. And I was like, what have I done? And so I did what most people do was I doubled down on the thing I, I thought I was like, I doubled down on it. I was like, oh, no, that's not real. But I pushed that feeling down here and I doubled down on the speaking. And so 2019 comes, I'm living in this high rise, this luxury place where I'm hosting events. We're getting hundreds of people a month, changing lives, all the things. And I'm sitting there after one of my events and um, my then girlfriend, who was my girlfriend at the time of five years, she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Meaning like the speaking thing. She didn't want to print out the, 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 the waivers and the, uh, we're recording this thing and set up all the, like, she didn't want to. And I got, I get it. Like, I get it. When we got together, I was just a bartender who liked to drink on the weekends. Now here I am trying to save the world. She didn't ask for that. And so it was in this moment where I'm sitting in my high rise the night after one of our events, I'm exhausted. I actually had a temperature of 103. It was before the vid. So nobody was questioning it. And um, I did all the things. And I remember sitting and staring out the high rise at night. I'm looking at the ocean. The beach is right there. I mean, it's like, dude, this is what I work for. And I, and I remember that I felt more empty in that moment than I ever have, even, even the year that I tried to take my own life. And in that moment, it wasn't so much desperation or sadness as it was like, I felt so angry. Like I'd been lied to, like they told me if I got the money and did the things that I would be fulfilled. I have tons of results. People are messaging me literally every day, telling me that I saved their life. Some guy just messaged me the other day, a, a active uh, army vet says that he was thinking about taking his life in the bathtub, but his dog came in and, and wouldn't leave him alone. For some reason, he grabbed his phone and saw one of my videos on, on Instagram. Just got that message, right? But I could never feel it. And I started to understand. I was like, there is something wrong here because I don't feel any of this stuff I'm doing. I can't internalize it. I can't, I can't accept it. And I had realized I had built this house of cards and, um, which is a whole nother story we can get into another time or whenever, but I went to a, a mastermind, um, March of 2019, shortly after I had this realization that my whole life had been built on lies and, uh, long story short, went for a business mastermind was there for seven days, ended up being there for an extra three days for a total of 10. And one of my buddies uh, introduced me to psilocybin mushrooms and I only did it. I've never done it before. And I haven't done it again, not because I'm against it, but because I got out everything I needed from the plant journey. And the last two years of my life have been, breaking down all of the barriers and limitations and BS stories I've been telling myself, which is, you know, all about, that's literally how I'm story selling. It's like, how do you turn the pain into the purpose? Right. And so it's like breaking it all down. But, but then I, I kept trying to build it back up the same way. Oh, I'm going to relaunch top paid speaker. I'm in a better place, but it, it was created out of a place of, uh, of only one portion of who Marshall Gillen is. And it wasn't true to what it was I actually wanted to get. And it was all based on money. It was, it was, I wasn't working from a place of service, even though I was, you know what I mean? It was a wounded, a, 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 
my wealth mindset, my money mindset was not good. It was, and so the last year I had to do a lot of hard things. And the cool thing that about 2020 that a lot of people, you know, they started off, it was funny, 2020 vision, 2020 vision. And then people are like, oh, this isn't what I asked for. But it was so interesting because it really, for me, and I think what most people missed an opportunity to do is put into vision what it is clearly that you actually do want, because a lot of people are afraid to change or pivot, even when they're like me back then. And they know that they don't want to do it anymore. They do it because they're afraid of being judged or what will somebody say? And I can't do that. I'm going to stick through it. They do it in relationships. They do it in their business. They do it in all these things. And so my brand literally from the day that I started doing these lives as Marshall live, I was like, I promise you, I'll always give you guys the real truth. Sometimes I'm on here bawling my eyes out. Sometimes I'm fired up. Some days I'm like Mr. Hippy Dippy, you know, uh, guy. But the thing is, is that I just wanted to always be a representation reflection that people see what's really going on because a lot of influencers get down here and they show what's good for business, but they're not showing what's really going through. And there's only a select few people that ever figure it out, but they're not opening up to it. And so I literally was like, well, I can complain about what's happening in San Diego with all the restrictions and all the things and all the people, or you know, I can shut up and deal with it or I can just go somewhere where I don't. And so I had to make some trade-offs. And one of the trade-offs I found was coming to Montana, which if you would have told me, Marshall Gillen, Mr. Social Social Man, that he's going to be living in a cabin in Montana, I would have laughed in your face. And I've been here now for about nine months and it's been the most healing and transformational thing ever. I also is today's day 93 of my sobriety, which I never coming from the Midwest. That's I had a problem with it, but I had some, some things. And for me, alcohol is a trigger. And so coming out here, losing my business, losing my money, losing the brand, losing my billion dollar network, having former clients turn their back on me thinking I'm going crazy. I'm over here telling everybody, listen, I'm not crazy. I'm just deciding to dismantle what society says I have to be. And I'm going to show you because now I have all the skills. I don't need to, I don't need to sell the pixels and axes anymore. Now I'm actually going to go, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I need to, now I need to go out and I want to do some digging. I forgot what it's like to do some digging. I want to find the gold, you know? And so, um, yeah, I moved to Montana and I've been alone in the cabin, uh, going through all kinds of crazy shit. Just went through a crazy breakup again that I didn't see coming. And, um, so it's been a really cool practice of being able to fall in love with the joy of being alive and understanding that to be alive is to experience contrast, the, the duality to survive on earth. You have to experience the yin and yang. And for me, I'm a very impatient person and I, I'm very controlling. And so it's been such a great practice to like, I, I, I mean, again, some people are going to think this is crazy. I've been, I've been sitting out in the yard and I was on a podcast earlier this morning, but then I was just sitting out in the yard, like people are like doing what? And I'm like, nothing, bro. I was like literally just sitting there staring at the trees, taking up the sunshine with my bare feet in the ground because I, I have a clear definition of what it is I'm creating. I know all the steps and actions I need to take because of the performance habits and routines I've created, which actually I'm sure you know too, allows me actually more freedom and more time in my day. And because I, I do what's called the one day routine, one day routine, I just created one perfect routine for myself to optimize it. I've tested over the last year and a half and my life and my abundance, my prosperity, my peace has never been better. And so now like most teachers, now that I've trained, I've done it and I've I, I, all these things. Now I'm like, going to market with it. And I'm like, listen, I was taught that money was going to make me happy. And it was a big fat lie. And there's a big, even a even bigger hole inside of me. And, and what I found out Gillen gang, which, which is what I call my audience. I'm like, what I found out Gillen gang is that literally, if you can align your total human health, I mean, if you can focus on total human optimization, lifestyle mastery, for some people, they might call it. I'm like, you can literally start to recreate 
the ideal life in your day or in your reality and then just scale it. And so I've been on this journey to just help people heal. And it's been so rewarding and so amazing. And uh, I'm about ready to get back to society though, man. I'm getting a little stir crazy out here in the mountains. I was just telling you before this show, uh, I have a mastermind next week, which I've been waiting for three months planning. And um, after that mastermind on uh, Sunday, I'm, I'm like, I'm out. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm out. dude. I gotta, gotta break out of the mountains and go be around some people. So it's been a very cool journey. I feel very blessed. It's been very painful, but uh, hopefully, like I said, now I can just be a blessing to other people in their life. And that's what I try to focus on literally being a blessing in, in the moment as often as I can, as crazy as that sounds right. For a lot of people, man, Marshall, you just dumped like a truckload, a dump truck <laughs> of knowledge and like there was so much in that story that I want to unpack. I want to go back first though, to just yeah, what you said about you were there, were, there were two things that it was like two sides of the same coin. One, you were, you were money-based, you were serving people and you knew mm-hmm. you were serving people. You knew all mm-hmm. about the, I'm here to make an impact. I'm here to serve people. But really it was about yeah. show me the money because I yeah. want, I want to stack some cash. Secure. Well, I want security. Cause I thought that's what, I thought that's what, that's it, what it was. Right. The second piece of that, like the other side of the coin that you touched on in the beginning was you were doing it because you were looking for approval. You were looking for worthiness of, not only do I have the cash, but I'm also helping so many people. And the more I help people, and strangely enough, I mean, you said you won MVP of the mastermind. Yeah, I, I went through a very similar journey myself. Like I was like, how can I serve people? How can I serve people? I'll spend 20 hours a day on the phone, helping people, helping people. And they would pay me back by helping me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I never accepted that inside, right? Like it was really hard to be like, I am worthy. No, it was who can I help next? I want to know for you, what specifically either in the mountains in Montana or sitting in your condo in San Diego or at listening to Ed Milet speak, what was the moment where you were like, how did you heal that? Because I think Dude, if people heal that, it yeah. changes everything. Bro, it's such a good question. And so first off, I know everybody listening is, is probably into personal development. They do a lot of self-mastery stuff. And so a lot of us know about our inner child. And inside of us, and I, Steve, I'm sure you're very familiar with this, especially with storytelling and I'm sure how you teach it. Um, you know, there's a, there's a child that's inside of each and every one of us that's hurting. And they are scared and most of the anger and pain and uh, reality that you create in your life stems from that. And so what I've realized and what I've come attuned to, and I'll answer your question here over the last year and a half, because I discovered this a year and a half ago, a year ago. um, what, What I discovered was like, you know, there's these loops we stay stuck in. And so there's a lot of people who are, you know, we subconsciously seek this validation and acceptance because people in real life, like really all they really want is to be loved and to belong somewhere. Like that's at at basic human nature. Those are the only two things that we really care about. And anything that's a derivative of that is a, is a defense mechanism in one way or the other to get you to return back to love and to, to return back to, to tribe. And so when we understand that and we can understand that there's a hurt inner child because our parents didn't know what they were doing either. And there was no Google or cell phones. You couldn't text mom. Okay. And it was a different culture and different generation. And so there's a lot of things. It's, it's hard for me to say, Oh, I mean, I'll tell you the moment here in a second, but I, it's this culmination of things I dove into where I started to go, okay, well, I'm understanding that literally science says that the future doesn't exist and the past isn't real. It's always only right now. So ancient technology or primal hacks or things that I know have been around forever. is like people have been talking about meditation forever, how to 
focus. You hear Kobe Bryant, you know, doing interviews and he's talking about, dude, when I'm making the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I'm making the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich because focus is something the most successful people in the world that manifest the most abundance or success and whatever that means to them. They are, they always say focus is the number one, being able to be right now. And so when I started to understand that meditation was the, a tool to help me be right now. And if I close my eyes and I visualized whether it was past or, pr- or future, that if I go in the past, I can heal. And if I visualize into the future, I can manifest. And so starting to balance that was an idea that came to me as I did the hardest thing that I ever did uh, at the end of 2019, which is I left my condo. I had lost everything, um, lost a girl of five years. And I went, I had this calling to go back home to my mom because I had left the day that I turned 18. I had a full academic ride to college and I left. I was out for the first time in my life. I felt homesick for some reason. And so I go back to live with my mom in Illinois, just not because I had to, because I wanted to. And so here I am, top paid speaker, Mr. Been around the world with some of the biggest speakers in the world. And I'm living in a spare bedroom on a futon uh, with my mom in my mom's room, in my mom's house, you know, her apartment. And I was making a live one day. I had just gotten out of a cold dip, I, which was tremendously life-changing for me. And I remember going live and I, I was doing this thing and you've probably heard of this, man. It's this, the seven layers of why, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, okay, let me, let's, let's get down to the bottom of it. And something that one of my coaches taught me years ago and the seven layers of why for the listeners that don't know, it's just that ask yourself a question and then ask a question again and then ask a question again and you'll get to the bottom of it by usually seven questions. And so I'm sitting here on the live and I'm talking about these things I'm feeling. I'm talking to my audience and I'm like, well, I don't know. Oh, I know what it was. I went live and, and uh, there was only like three viewers and I used to get like a hundred viewers back like a couple of years ago. And so in the moment I was so frustrated and I told my audience, I said, I'm just going to turn this on. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. There's only three people on here. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, I sat down and I said, let's get to the bottom of this. I'm like, let, okay, get Marshall. Why does that bother you that there's only three people on here? Well, that bothers me because it makes me, and I just started asking my questions live and all of a sudden I got down to it. And what I realized, and I started bawling right in the moment, I couldn't help it. Years of trauma and pain released. I did this, this exercise and I got the bomb. And what I found out is that my worthiness is based on performance because my dad left. I thought if I could be a good student and I could be a good kid and I got great because I was straight A student. I was homecoming king, team captain, standout in everything, community leader, straight A student, full academic, like all the things. And so in my mind as a child, which I didn't know, I just wanted my dad to come to one of my games. I wanted my dad to call me on my birthday. But that didn't work. And so now here I had this stepfather who is tremendously hurt, man, which I don't know at the time. And I do everything. I, I wear the flannels that Phil wears and the boots and the pliers and the holder. And I want to be like him. And every day I'm berated and told how bad I am. And so I work harder, not because I think about it, because in the Midwest, especially as a man, your, your, your worth is based on what you do in the bedroom, what you do in the boardroom, what you do on the field, what, you know, all the things yeah. you do, what you accomplish. And so for me, I did that. And my whole, you know, I, I went out and did everything. But what I realized is that no matter how much success I have, nobody's ever going to care. And so at the age of 23, I tried to take my life. Didn't work. I have no idea. I know God now had a bigger plan, but it's like, it didn't work. And then, you know, lost, start watching other people, losing people to suicide. And I'm starting to realize like, what is going on? And so in that moment, back to the live, when I had this realization of like, all this is BS, everything I've built is BS. It's like, I came out of that question in that live and, and that, in that session going, okay, there's a little boy inside of me that's healed or that's hurt. What is it he's actually afraid of? And what it is, is like, yo, he's just never felt seen. He never felt heard. And so in that, I just realized that I had to do everything that I had to start to learn 
how to heal that person inside of me. And that's like how the, this whole journey began. I, I tell people, I'm like, in that moment, I took a look at my life, like a metaphorical house. I'm standing in my house and I'm looking at all this stuff. And I'm like, what do I even want in my life? And I made a list and I wrote it down. And there was literally, there was like four things on it, dude. There was like, there was literally like four things on the list that I wanted. But now I'm looking at my house. I'm like, there's like 4,000 things in this house. I don't need or want any of this. And so I just started throwing things out and throwing things out. And that's like my journey from last year, when, when this whole thing started in March till right now, which is like this journey of less is more slowing down to speed up and really being this messenger of like, look, there's nothing wrong with money. There's no impact without income. And I, and I'm a big fan of making money and I love it, but it is an exchange of energy. And I was trying to base my self-worth on, on what I thought was the measure of success, which was money. Cause I didn't grow up with that based against, oh, if I perform well, I'll be loved. But I, Literally, I just told you guys a whole story in my whole life. There's never been one example where my performance has dictated being loved. Maybe in the flash of the moment, being on the stage and people are lining up, but I found it was all smoke and mirrors. And so I had to go back to the basics. And if anybody that does know me, they know that like I'm an action taker because I'm like, why would I keep doing something wrong and my no, it doesn't fulfill me. And so that's, that's been my life. And I've now at the age of 36, be 37 in October, I'm like, um, oh, I'm starting to get it. And I'm like, what is it do I really want to create in this life? And that's the message I want to live. And I'm sure that that's the brand. It looks like that you've created and that you represent, especially with this show is like, if you get clear on what you want, and then you simply figure out what are the things that are stopping you from getting it. And then you eliminate them and you replace them with better habits and skills. Like it's that simple, but you've got to be willing to believe in it. And I'm just finding that most people aren't, aren't willing to believe in it. And so I just try to be an example every day to go, Hey, yo, you know what? Like even a former dropout, five-time dropout, you attempted suicide, drug addict, you know, person like divorced person, like me, scumbag reformed can, can change your life and help a lot of people. And I, and I think that's the message that it's, I feel blessed to be able to live, man. That is like, you just shared, a, like you're sharing a ton of stuff. The, I can feel some of the listeners being like, they probably resonate and they're probably scared to death at the same time, because what happens, 100%. I mean, what happens when you men, especially women too are driven. They're like, I need the things, right? I need the condo. I need yeah. the money. I need the car. I need the yeah. wife. I need the husband. And if, if I don't have those things, how can I have both? How can I be? Because some, yeah. For some reason in our society, it is not okay to have both. It's not okay to be happy, fulfilled, and yeah. have money. How have yeah. you solved that or how do you solve that? You touched on it briefly at the yeah. end of your, your last little rant. And I want you to go a little bit deeper into how do you actually like, how do you come out on the other side and say like, this, I agree with you. When you say, this mm -hmm. is who I am, this is what I'm doing, and this is what I feel called to do, the universe will give you money because money is an exchange of energy. Absolutely. But how is that different from, I'm going to serve people, they're going to pay me yeah. money? Yeah. What's Dude, it's such a... It's such a good question. And, you know, first off is that we're wired and programmed in today, and especially in Western culture, which influences obviously most of the world, uh, we're programmed to constantly lacking something, to constantly be, to, to need something, to prove a status. I mean, everything is, is based around the fact that you need to show your status. And so nobody's doing anything wrong. People that are People that are wondering what we're talking about and wondering, oh man, is there something wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. Like this is how society has designed it to be because if, they can keep you sick enough and distracted enough and angry enough and scared enough, then you'll keep going to work 
and you'll keep doing the things and paying the taxes. And again, I'm not here to like, whatever. I'm just saying like, true story, dude, how this whole thing started was 2000. I used to be big into politics. I was like traveling around the country back when it was Senator Obama from Illinois, which is where I'm from. I was traveling around watching him, all the things. Right. And I remember in 2016, um, I was a Mr. Plugged into the news and in 2016, Donald Trump, and again, I don't care about politics. They're irrelevant to me. And I'll explain why in a second, but Donald Trump won the presidency in 2016. And I remember being so mad. I was so mad. I couldn't believe it. And I just decided, I was like, our votes don't even matter. What is the point? But it was like an intervention from God because I turned off the news and social media for the first time in my life. And I had to find other things to replace myself, my time with. And what I started to discover is I wanted to learn how to get more value for my time. And I just started, I just discovered like, well, if I learn how to, the way to get more value for your time is to have more high income skills. And so what I did is I just, over the last eight years, I've just, whatever years it is, six years, whatever. Um, yeah. I've just, I've turned off the news. That's like the first thing is like, you've got to be, you got to look at your life and say, am I happy feeling and doing and talking and the things I do every day? And to me, I wasn't. And I didn't mean to turn off the news as some like uh, some righteous thing. I was like, oh, and I turned it off. And then all of a sudden my life started to get better. And I started to have my different thoughts and different energies. I started getting around different people. So first and foremost, like that was how the whole thing started was understanding that like, you gotta, you gotta unplug. But now to bring it back to the right now, it's like, okay, well, you're like, yeah, bro, but I'm still, I'm still confused on like how to bring it all together. It, it really comes down to habits and routines. And I know that, you know, I'm sure you have a schedule. You may not be as meticulous as like a Jocko Wilkins. Maybe you're a little bit more, you know, freestyle. It doesn't matter, but everybody has a habit and routine and they exactly, bro, I've got, I wish I was at my cabin. My audience sees it all the time. I've got dozens and dozens and dozens of post-it notes all over my wall and my stuff because I'm manifesting. I'm trying, I have this mentality that I need to fix. And until it becomes a habit and routine, I'm going to, I'm going to program it subconsciously. And I think people are scared, you know, of this whole idea. And so for a lot of people, what keeps them stuck is one, they're not willing to accept where they're at right now because they're taught that um, they're not enough and that they have to go out and make the money and do the things. And that's why people stay stuck in the loop. And so for me, when I realized you know, I'm feeding into something that's not even real. Like I've got the money. I did the things, won the awards, you know, all the cool shit, man. And nobody loved me anymore or any less. Like my mentor taught me, he's like, your human worth has nothing to do with your net worth, except I couldn't hear that back then. I couldn't feel it. And what I realized is I'm like, dude, even in my darkest moment, when I burnt down my business, the people that loved me still loved me for who I am. They didn't care. I was top paid speaker or anything. And uh, so many people are scared to pivot because they're scared of losing it all. But losing it all was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, dude, you travel around, you travel speaking, like you're a speaker, you are connected to speakers. How many times it's like almost hundred percent time. How many times have you heard the speaker go, Oh, I made a bunch of money and then I lost it all, but I made it all back super fast because I had corrected my shit. Right. Like that's like the yeah. proverbial. And that, I mean, that I, is the, that is the, the story, dude. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm investing these the, uh, the hundreds of thousands, over $200,000 in the last four and a half years into my personal development, masterminds, all this stuff, right. Trying to shortcut all the success. And I remember, bro, I was so I didn't know I was in my ego, but my ego was so fragile. I had the audacity now to look back and make you laugh to sit in there and go, oh, that's not going to happen to me because I'm learning from my mentor. So I'll be able to bypass that. And I made all the money and I was like, it'll never happen to me. I know exactly what I'm doing. And then all the demons, all the things that my addictions and distractions have pushed down forever finally boiled up to there where it was actually got a physical pain that I thought I was dying. And I, I couldn't ignore it anymore. 
I couldn't ignore Let's... it anymore. And I had to let it out. And that's, this is what, this is what became of it. And so I think that that's the first thing, right, man, is you got to get clear on what these things are that, that, that your fears, your pains, like, what is it that you're scared of? Because those are the limiters that you got to work on getting past. But, uh, you, you I know mean, this man, it's. Well, the, I mean, what you're saying is money is like, I heard this and it, it, it has rung true for as long as I can remember. Money is a magnifying glass. It hundred percent. If you have demons and you have things that are not whole inside of you, the minute you start to make money, the like, so like people, people that make a lot of money that are assholes become more of an asshole and become 100%. like worse and worse to be around people that yes. are nice and kind. I look at like, um, Rick Rubin's one of my favorite like people to look at. I didn't know who I knew who he was. If you don't know who he is, he's like one of the top producers in the music game. He produces like rap rap, like hardcore rap artists. You That's see cool. the guy I had never seen him and I'd heard like some stories and I saw an interview with him. He's like one of the nicest, most Zen dudes in the world. He shows up. He's got like long, crazy white hair, this big beard. He looks like Santa Claus on crack. <laughs> like he's just like, and you're like, that's Rick Rubin. But then you listen to him talk. He's like worth half a billion dollars to like yeah. 750 million. Yeah. The nicest dude in the world wears a white t-shirt and flip-flops every day because he doesn't exactly. Give a crap yeah. just shows up and serves people out of kindness and the universe has rewarded him. hundred percent. Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, no, that's the thing that people always say, right. It's uh, it's uh, uh, is a proctor or who was it? Zig Ziglar. Uh, if you help enough people get what they want, yeah. you can have everything you want. Right. Maybe it was Jim Rohn. I can't remember what it was. Zig. It was one of the guys. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you hear that and people know that thoughts become things, but it's like this, this super, like taboo thing where it's like, Oh yeah. Oh, you're one of those cult people. And it's like, no, really like, dude, like you can be or do anything you want if you get clear on what it is. And so, um, you know, back to the original question, which was what is the disconnect between people who want to make a big impact and people who want to make big money? You know, it brings you again, I'm not a theologian. I'm not like a, a religious person by any means. I think that God exists inside of me. I think everybody should find the God of their spirituality, but the Bible has a lot of great stories to me that really helped me understand the God of my spirituality, one of them being the story of the of him giving the people the talents. And just to summarize it, God, you know, or uh, Jesus comes to the people and gives them talents. God gives these three men, these three servants of the talents to watch over while he's gone. Or shepherd, I'm probably par- Oh, par- you're par- fine. Par- you're par- doing par- great. Yeah. And um, and so the, the the master goes away, the master leaves. And he leaves his talents and care of these three servants. The one, the one servant takes his five talents, goes out, makes four, five more talents. The second servant takes his two talents, wasn't given as many talents, but still goes out, multiplies, it makes two more talents. The third servant was so scared of losing the one talent he was given that he buried it in the backyard. And so the story goes that the master came back to see what had happened. And he rewarded the, the first two servants who multiplied. They went forth and used their talent to make more of the world. But the third talent, the third servant who buried his talent, who didn't show up, who played small, he actually had his talent taken from him and he was scolded. And so that one's kind of like a harsh story, but we hear these things and we don't believe it. And so what I've discovered from being in some of the rooms of some of the wealthiest people in the world, some broke farm boy, like how do I even get in those rooms was like, you, you will find a, like, if you're around a billionaire, you're, they're so cool and collected and calm and so certain and easy. And when they talk, the simplicity that flows from their mouth is like, you, you wonder how you don't, you wonder how you don't see the world so clear. 
And I denied that for so long because we live in this thing where social media is t- telling us hustle and grind and like, what well, you got to do more, bro. Oh, if you want to grant card, which I love grant, great, great guy, but grants do more, do more. And I'm like, yo, bro, like that does work, but there is a better way and I'm going to prove it. And so that's like been this whole shift. I was like, I can, pro- the last four years, I was like, I'm going to prove to you that a nobody can use social media and a mobile phone to become a top paid speaker. I'm going to prove it to you. And then I did it stand on stage with Les Brown, right? Like, what do we do? What is going on here? Okay. And so I realized it's all BS and to each their own. But when it comes to making money, I'm like, dude, we live in an energetic universe. Science proves that. And if, again, not to get all crazy, but it's like quantum physics proves that we, that this, none of this is real. There's no actual physical matter. And so if I can take all these experiences and these knowledge and these things that I've learned, and I can accept the fact that thoughts can become things. And if I give what I want to get back in the, literally the golden rule, which is treat others how you want to be treated, people ignore that, but it's like, that's the golden universal law for a reason that that's why it's like this thing. And so what I have found for me is that those who are given are those who, you know, do Like when I'm aligned with who I'm supposed to be, I'm given a lot. When I serve, I'm given a lot. And so when I make money, I look at it as like, I'm a, I'm a custodian of God's money. Like he trusts me with his money because he knows that if you give me money, I'm going to do good with it. And so when I talk about being of service, it's one is like, I know I'm not doing anything scandalous because I, I am, I'm here to serve. And the more that I have, the more that I can give and money is just an exchange of energy. And so this whole entire ideology, you know, when you're plugged into media and you're plugged into movies and you're plugged into um, the news, they're going to tell you that rich people are scumbags. Every single movie in Hollywood, the rich guy is the bad guy. Like they are conditioning society to think that having money is bad because they want to stay in control of it. But there's a whole world of people when you meet people with actual money, like billionaires and are talking about being in the now and habits and routines and being Zen. Like it's like to the broke person, it sounds nuts. But to when you start to see how these wealthy people think, these abundant people think, it's like, wow, less is more. The, The more crap that you get out of your life, the less distracted you are, the one thing you can zone in on, like it changes everything. And um, I think that's super exciting. And I want to spread that excitement to other people so they don't stay stuck in the loop that they're stuck in like I was because it sucks, man. Life like that sucks, a prisoner oh, in your own mind. I, I want to like, man, we're going to talk about simplicity for just a second. So I live in Airbnbs. Yeah. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that. So dope. Anyone who follows me knows that. I have so everything cool. I own fits in my car Plus now I have like three boxes. I just moved to Reno. I had to ship three boxes because I collected some junk, but I was going through stuff leaving Arizona and I was like, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. Like, what can I get rid of routines? So routines give you freedom when you realize so much freedom. Like it, it seems like you said, like to most people, like you talk to somebody who works a nine to five job. They're like, that's crazy. I want my free time so I can do whatever I want. But like, there, there's nothing wrong. You get to do whatever you want within the confines of what 100%. fits. You were saying you were spending, like you had free time. I'm going to go outside and sit and think and be at one with myself and ground myself. That is yes. a routine. And when you take yes. a moment to meditate and do that, it frees up like you're, you're in a better brain space to do yes. something when you're not yes. multitasking. So I, my routine, I get up at six, I work out. I get a shower, I come out, I journal, I do like, then I do some brainstorming my work, then I read, then I go for a walk. Like that's every morning, then I have three hours to get my three biggest things done. There's no cell phone. I haven't looked at my cell phone till noon. That's I love so that it. 
I'm not distracted. There's nothing going on. And that, like that routine I tell people about, and they're like, oh, I could never do that. It's not that hard. Yeah. Dude, it's not that hard. It's it, people have got to. So oh, one is I love the idea of your simplistic list, uh, living. And what I hear when you tell me that of how you can fit everything in your car is it's, isn't that such a cool opportunity to be able to practice attachment, detachment, how everything comes and goes in an ebb and a flow and these possessions that we want to hold on to and the status that comes from being a homeowner. It's just all, it's all manufactured bullshit. You only want to own a home because you think that your neighbors are going to think you're cool, but it's like, no, you don't. What you really want to do is go live in Airbnbs and travel the world and do these things. And you can do that if you're willing to attach and, and detach from things. So I think there's a lot of value people can learn by observing how you be in your everyday life. Second thing is the same thing, man. Yeah, I'm telling people, I know it sounds nuts, but when I thought I was dying in 2019, which is what prompted me to go to Thailand, I didn't think I was going to come back. I thought I was going to die. I literally thought I was going to die there. Um, I uh, started to discover a whole world that was working inside of me. And what I mean by that is uh, I took a look at my life and I started to take a look at like the habits and routines I created. And I realized I was busy all the time, which literally I, I was always shaking my leg. And I'm like, that's just energy trapped inside of me. Why is this energy trapped inside of me? What am I so anxious about? And again, peeling back the layers of the onion, getting rid of stuff that I realized I didn't care about, didn't need in my life, getting super clear on the one thing I wanted to do. And so once people hone in on a one purpose, that one thing that they want to do, I'm telling you, man, again, I keep preaching it, but it's like, I learned about biohacking. I learned about epigenetics. I learned about these mm -hmm. things about how to transform our body. And so I was like, well, I've always been into health and wellness. I love working out and I I love feeling good. So how do I optimize this human experience? And so I literally break my day down into, well, again, I call it the one day routine and it's four, four, 100 minute blocks. Mm -hmm. I, you're, I love that you do the three things a day, dude. I, for, and you got to get in where you fit in is what I always say. I do one thing. I only focus on one thing a day. Today I was podcasting. I had uh, three episodes of podcast to be on today. And that's the only thing I'm doing. Do I have other things to get done in my business? Yeah, bro. Like I got things to do, but there's what I've discovered over the last four and a half, well, eight years as an entrepreneur, there's always, there's always more to do. There's all, there's always more to do and trying to set yourself up to get your 18, like uh, list, a to-do list done. It, it just sets you up to constantly be exhausted. Even for me personally, do trying to do three things. Now, if I'm really pressed, dude, like sometimes there's a time you got to go to war and I do accept that. But by and large, my, my one day is like, dude, I, I have a hundred minute, a hundred minute uh, self-care routine. I have a hundred minute work day. I have a hundred minute um, self-love thing where I do something I love. And then I have a hundred minutes that if I had a family, um, I would spend time with them. And it's like, it's so simple. Once you start to pare down everything and you realize that you can live this ideal day over and over, and you understand that by seeking to serve more opportunities given to you, I know it sounds nuts. I was literally though, the guy that was addicted lying dead on the floor. So I'm not like some woo-woo guy. I'm, I'm sitting here telling you guys, like, I know it sounds nuts. But when I started to focus in on how to just feel as good as I possibly could right now in the moment all the time and realizing that it's always going to be right now, how can I start to get clear on my vision, what I want to create in this world, exactly what I want to create, and how can I optimize my body, mind, and spirit to be mm -hmm. able to create that? How do I be the ultimate receiver? And what I discovered is through like the biohacking bio and epigenetics, I'm like, oh, did you know that by getting in cold water, I can hack like every single system in my body, which makes me healthier, can actually shows that it can reverse aging. It shows that it can heal all kinds of sicknesses and things. Again, this is programmed into us. It is our birthright from God to be able to heal, to be able to be, to be able to, 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 to take care of our being. We're not designed to be sick. We may have been born with a sickness, but the mess to our message is to inspire hope, to lead by example. And so it's like, 
Did you know if you get in cold water every day, it can change your life? Did you know if you start the day off with just being quiet for like 10 minutes, don't rush to do anything, don't pick up your phone? Hey, did you know that if you drink water that comes from the earth, that living water, like, hey, did you know that being in the sunshine for 20 minutes, it's like, hey, did you know that by journaling? Like, hey, did you know that like by doing a nighttime routine, it, it's like, we're not taught these things. And so again, I'm, I've, I've tested all this stuff, self-tested very publicly over the last four years. And it's gotten me to a point where I found more peace, purpose, and prosperity by doing less and focusing more on being. And so I don't always want to like, dude, I don't want to sit out in the yard in the rocking chair, staring at the trees. Okay. But what else am I going to do right now in Montana? (laughs) And so like people's like, people are like, oh, well, I got to do, if I want to have more, I got to do more. I'm like, no, bro. Like I know how this works. I post on social media. I speak on uh, virtual stages. I speak in real life. I get people to my lead magnet. They that percentage of them book a call, percentage of them book uh, buy a program, percentage of them hire me to coach, percentage of, like I know how it works. And instead of creating constant worry and anxiety by future pacing myself from past experiences, I just got tired of living in that loop. And so I just got really clear on what I wanted to do. I wrote it down. And I and since I am blessed to have a place where I have the skills to be able to move quickly now myself, everything I've taught for years to make my clients over $100 million, now I'm just going to use it on myself. I'm like, oh, I'm worthy to use this stuff. And so when you find a routine and test all the things, your diet, your training, your mindfulness, uh, how much work time you need, how much family time you need, and you can balance it and you realize it really doesn't take up that much time if you can just schedule it every day. Even if you did one thing a day, five days a week, you would get 20 things done a month, 20 high impact, fully energized, fully intentional things done every month. And 20 things a month is probably 20 times more than most busy multitasking entrepreneurs actually get done in a month. And so I just think there's so much value. Focus on total human health, mind, body, spirit, mental, social, or mental, spiritual, physical, emotional health. How can you feel as best as possible to optimize your experience every day? And then just wait and be like, I put in my order, dude. I do the things every day. Yes, I can't wait to take a trip to the Maldives here soon. And I can't wait to be traveling around a little bit more again as I ramp back up. But it's like, that's, I, there's nothing to do. I planted the seed. I can't make the tomato grow any faster, but I can wake up with excitement every day, do my routine and then rush out to see if it's poked to the ground yet. <gasps> oh, not yet. And then tomorrow. And then, oh my God, it's sprouted. It's got a leaf. It's got fruit. Like that's life and it's cyclical. And I think when we can tune into that, that's the game changer. All right. So you got everybody pumped up. So I, you, you just rattled off a list of like 10 things I want to ask you. So you've got, I know you've got stayalivelonger.com. They can go there. They can grab your book, which is primal hacking. I want you to quickly, if possible, give us the top three biohacks that everybody should implement in their life. Cause you know, a ton. Yeah. hundred percent. First two. Well, uh, three things. And I, I mean, I literally could go on first three things is sleep. And I know this is hard for everybody and good sleep actually comes as a byproduct of taking care of your, your health and total. But I'm telling you guys, prior figuring out a way to prioritize your sleep is number one ab- above almost anything else, because it is the most healing thing that we can do. Our bodies are the reason the design like that, the shutdown is so it's like, you've seen the movie avatar. It would be like plugging your avatar in for the, for the, into the machine and letting it regenerate overnight. It's, it's designed to do that. I know it sounds crazy, but dive into studying it, go research it. Number one biohack that there is. And I talk about primal hacking versus biohacking because a lot of the biohacking industry, it's like, take this supplement, inject yourself with this, buy this technology. I'm like, dude, that's great. But there's even more of a primal nature to it. These primal things that are evolutionary wired into our, our code inside of our DNA that God gave us. So number one is sleep. Number two is fasting. 
and there's different lengths and different ways to fast, but fasting change has changed my life. I personally intermittent, intermittent fast 18 hours a day, 18, six. That's not for everybody. Women probably need to be more around like 11 or 12. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor, nothing like that. This is just what I've learned from my experience, what I've done with my clients, myself. Fasting is one is number two. And number three would be uh, cold water. Like I take a cold dip every day. I have a big horse trough out there. You know, it's been cold out. I'll start putting ice in it. But every single, every day I get in the cold water. Literally, if people just focused on trying to get better sleep, which obviously is again, exercise and nutrition, but better sleep and they fasted, they learned how to fast and they learned how to uh, use cold water therapy. People would start feeling better and be more energized immediately, you know, but then it's like, I, I mean, how do you stop? It's like, go outside in the sunshine, just feel the sunshine for 20 minutes. That'll change your life. Sit down and shut up for a second. That'll change your life. It's so simple, but oftentimes the things that are simple to do are also simple not to do. And which is, that's why a lot of people, they don't put weight in the simple things so is like, oh, that's not going to matter. But it's like the pee in the, the mattress, right? It's like, it can make a difference. It really does. But you got to believe that these things can change. That's, that is great advice. And I agree with you. I think sometimes the simplest things, like don't look at your cell phone for the first two or three hours you're awake. Game changer, man. Like, and it's hard. But people are like, it's, oh, I can't, oh. It's an excuse, which is fine. Like you can have, you can have, you can have results. You can have excuses, but I'm just at the thing. I'm like, listen, okay, fine. Like, fine. Yeah. I can't, I just can't, I got to get up and do my fine. Like you're not, I'm not telling you you're right or wrong, but you're the one running around like a chicken with its head cut off constantly and perpetually anxiety ridden and overwhelmed and stressed out and angry and not present in your relationship or with your kids or whatever. And it's like, fine. If you, that's okay. If that's the reality you want to live in, like, that's one of the infinite possibilities that needs to play itself out as God experienced himself on this earth. So if that's the loop you want to like, fine, you're not right or wrong. So go do you. But I'm like, if you're not happy with your life and I, I, I know I make it sound so simple, but literally if you wake up and there's something in your life you don't like, why on earth would you ignore it? Why on earth right. would you not go do what you can't do to figure out how to change it? And that's how I live my life. And that's what I preach to everybody else. And so sometimes I got a little bit of the farm boy in me that's like, can't build a house without a hammer. You know, sometimes I'm freaking Mr. Cheech and Chong. It's like, oh, hey, man, like, let's all hang out and be whatever. But it's like, there's a time and a place to experience the full spectrum of human emotions and a human ability. Sometimes you got to go for the kill. Sometimes you're sitting around the fire sharing story. And I think that being able to, to embrace that and accept that you're not always at your best. Sometimes you're at your worst, but always trying your best and trying to show up as the best. Like, there's so much fulfillment in that. Because now you're really taking this, this baby out and you're opening it up, man. You're taking this life out for a freaking drive, man. Drive it like you're renting it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so, because you are, it all goes away in the end. I mean, I need to make a t-shirt that says that. I was just going to say that is a t-shirt <laughs> slogan if I've ever heard one. Right? Guys, this has been an amazing podcast. I hope you've gotten a lot out of it. You might have to go back and re-listen to some of it. Make sure you go to stayalivelonger.com. Sign up. You're gonna, he's going to send you, Marshall's going to send you a free copy of his book. I'm excited. Awesome. Guys, until next time, take action, change lives, make money, listen to this podcast again, take some cold dips. It will change your life. You'll sleep better. We will see you next time. Later, guys. Nothing has the ability to grow your business more than a powerful one-to-many sales presentation. If you're looking to scale your business, get your message out to more people and close more sales in an easy and straightforward manner, head over to deathtobadwebinars.com and grab your free course today. Thanks for tuning into the show and we'll see you next time.